Hello, and welcome back to Cultivating Healthy and Vibrant Workplaces, the podcast. In this month's episode, we are kicking off what we hope will be the first of many important discussions on executive wellness, stress mastery, and burnout. My intent is to feature these discussions as special or perhaps bonus episodes to our monthly podcast series. Today, I am joined by Ruvi Makuni, a certified workplace wellness master ambassador and certified executive wellness coach from our certification tracks. To help launch this special series, we will be exploring the rise of executive burnout and most importantly, opportunities to help support them through what we refer to in our executive wellness coaching programs as the pillars of wellness, stress mastery perhaps being the most critical. In preparing for our discussion, Ruvi and I were reflecting on the fact that we met over 10 years ago through Facebook and since then have formed a wonderfully close relationship through our Workplace Wellness Center of Excellence certification programs and now as strategic business partners and associates in the co-delivery of executive wellness coaching programs. By way of mentioning, Ruby is also profiled in our book, Cultivating Healthy and Vibrant Workplaces. So Ruby, before we begin, what recollections might you have or like to share on how we first met and how our working relationship has blossomed over the years? Oh, thank you, Lisa. Well, yes, that's correct. We connected on Facebook. And at the time I was, and this was over 10 years ago, I was working as a personal trainer, an in-home personal trainer for busy professionals. And what I soon realized was that a lot of my clients were very stressed. And it was actually, I, and I also noticed it was very little work-life harmony. And so in working with my clients, I started helping them start incorporating just small changes in habits to start managing their stress. And um, as we went, you know, as time went by, I really wanted to shift focus into starting to work with companies on how to you know, help the employees raise awareness about how to manage stress while still progressing in their careers. As luck would have it, I noticed that you were conducting a lot of workplace wellness programs that really appealed to me. And so I reached out to you on Facebook to learn more about them. And I joined one of your earlier courses and have been through all of them. And uh, that's really how we connected. Yeah. And I believe as well, and we'll talk more about this, but you started seeing a real need in in supporting executives and senior leaders with their personal well-being, right? And I've noticed, you know, because we've worked closely and I've, you know, profiled you in the book and you have worked with general managers and senior leaders and anything quickly you want to share and we'll go more into it, of course. Yes, absolutely. Because I've always thought that, you know, it, it really starts from the top. Absolutely. <laughs> If we can help uh, executive leaders, uh, that definitely filters down. And it's been really rewarding for myself and even for the leaders that I've spoken and have been, had had the pleasure to work with and support because I, I've always felt and always want to have had that mission to help leaders and professionals understand that you can still be productive and thrive in your career, but it doesn't have to be at the sacrifice of your health. Helping leaders understand that, you know, it is okay to take care of yourself as well. Absolutely. Well, you know, um, for those, yeah, thank you. That's great. For those who uh, 
maybe perhaps watched our little short promo video on our executive wellness coaching page. And we refer to this also in your profile. And you first brought it to my attention, I believe, as a sentiment by the Dalai Lama that says, in the first half of our lives, we sacrifice our health for our wealth. And then in the second half, we spend our wealth to regain our health. You know, and I love quotes, but that one just really stood out for me. And I guess for you also, right? And you, do you ever share that with your clients? I do all the time because I think it's uh, it's a, a very valid uh, quote and it's re- very real. So and true. So true. It's very, very real. And yeah. so I always say, if not now, when? You yeah, know? absolutely. <laughs> right. If not now, when? Yeah, absolutely. So, so we're going to talk, of course, now today about what I would suggest is an increased rise. I mean, there's no doubt executives are always under the gun. They're always under pressure, right? To perform. There's you know, balancing many balls, if you will, in the year, right? Um, but, you know, what's your take on it? You know, are, in fact, executives experienced increased burnout today? Would you, you know, the statistics, and I'll just share a few here, they would suggest that, yes, especially in these post-pandemic times and trying to get our our rhythm again, right? As leaders, as organizations, you know, are we working from home? Are we not working from home? I mean, that's just a small piece, but we're in a in my book, I call it, you know, the the VUCA 2.0 environment, right? You know, it's like VUCA on steroids, right? It's so volatile, so ambiguous. We've had supply chain issues, which, of course, leaders have had to grapple with over the years, uh, past couple of years. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, I even, excuse me, I even found a quote, talk or a post talking about the emotional demise of leaders that suggests that burnout of executives and managers is only getting worse. And here's a few statistics, like, like, 41% of senior leaders reported being stressed, no surprise. 36% are actually exhausted by their admission. 74% of leaders face obstacles when it comes to achieving their well-being goals. 69% are thinking about quitting because of their terrible state of well-being. And a couple more, like 70% of le- senior leaders believe burnout affects their decision-making ability. No, no surprise there. And two others, CEOs and many senior leaders work about 77% of daylight hours of any given week. That really jumped out for me. And then even prior to the pandemic, CEOs putting in an average of 62.5 hours at work per week throughout the year. And these don't even include maybe those like unexpected out of office calls and emergencies that require their attention. You know, so as I share those statistics, what, what comes to mind for you? So resonate, you know, track with maybe what you've been experiencing and working with senior leaders? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, those figures are staggering. And they are. I'm sure, you know, it's, uh, they're only getting higher and worse. And it's, it's very true. The thing I think to realize is, it's one thing to acknowledge that I, you know, that people are burnt out, but is there follow up action to that? And so how then are we supporting leaders who are expressing that they are feeling burnt out? Yeah, you know, and so that's, that's one key component to it. I mean, I'm glad that now there is more talk and acknowledgement and more, you know, highlight on the impacts of burnout and how to recognize burnout. But I think now the next step is then how do we support people who are now at that burnout stage, but also how do we now also uh, support people in preventing um, burnout as well and so it really and, and that last point that you made about the hours work that's a really important point because it comes down to also 
the workload mm-hmm. and also, you know, managing the workload. And that can be difficult when you have layoffs and, you know, a bit different yeah. organizational resources. We're really, as leaders, really in that catch-up mode now, post-pandemic catch-up. catch-up yeah. Mode. yeah, for exactly. sure. Exactly. And then trying to, you know, create that the, the best way forward. So as a follow-up to what we just discussed, what, what might be the biggest contributing factors in your opinion and experience to leader burnout today? And, you know, especially of, of, you know, middle managers, directors, executives, especially again in this post-pandemic era. Well, interestingly enough, from the people that I've coached, there's always a, a through almost two to three common themes. So number one, I don't feel that I can sign off at night. Mm. I don't feel I can take time off. Even on vacation, I have to constantly be on. Yeah. And number three, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. So it's a lot of, now it comes down to expectations. It comes down to, I mean, there, there are a lot of factors that go into that. But it, it's very interesting to me that it's that's been the most common theme, at least over the last year yeah. For the benefit of our listeners, I want to restate what you just shared. So leaders, executives feel they can't sign off. Totally relate my experience with coaches, with coaching leaders. So they can't sign off. They can't take time off. And they feel like they may not be doing enough. And what does that come down to? Time, you know, so their time is constantly, uh, you know, their energy and time is constantly yeah devoted to to everything else yeah. but themselves yeah absolutely and um you know it brings to mind uh and i share this in our book we we coached a team of eight with the hospital a senior leadership team and it was really interesting because the ceo was actually the champion of bringing that contract to his 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 senior leadership team in the hospital and he was a real you know called himself a real health buff you know real health not himself right and and his team knew it and they, you know, there was a little bit of trepidation at first, you know, bringing in executive coaches and working with each of them, you know, of the executives. They were, weren't quite sure, but they were all on board once we did some um, assessments and discovery consults with them as a team, right? In, in working through that contract, everything you just shared, those three things feel like they can't sign off, can't take time off, and feel like they're not doing enough. And without giving away too much, when we did stress mastery assessments, which we do with the team, you know, uh, high levels of perfectionism showed up, which is really, you know, quite, and and it was really, they weren't really aware of that until they saw it. And it was a real commonality amongst the senior leadership team of that, you know, outcome of their stress mastery assessments. And things like, we even had to coach them around, um, and and then not just to, to point fingers at them necessarily, but because this is typical of, of many senior leaderships and teams and senior leaders, that even during holiday time, they feel that they still need to be checking in. And I'm still on the fence with that because I'm about to go on holidays and I'm thinking, am I totally going to disconnect from my email? I don't know. So what what, do you, what is, you know, just taking that the holiday, we're coming up on holiday season here now, summertime. What, what's your your advice to those you coach with respect to holidays you know how how do you navigate that with them when they ask your your feedback and advice well that's a great question because i actually had i have a client uh, and uh, when we first started one of uh and again it's all the same theme you know yeah 
one of the challenges was I'm going on vacation, but I am struggling to put my out of office message on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember asking, you know, trying to, uh, first we need to understand why, what does that mean for you? Or, or why is that such a, you know, a sense of um, anxiety, anxiety <laughs> for you? And so understanding the why, then you're able to sort of, uh, you know, work through that. And a lot of times as well, I feel that I have to be on. So why do you feel that you have to be on? Right. Because I feel like I'm letting down the team if I'm not available. Is your team on vacation as well? Yes. Okay. So are, are they out of office messages on? Yes. Or how about we look at it this way? Do you do you possibly think that they may actually want you to take a break that yeah. they actually, you know, want you yeah. to take care of yourself. And then sometimes, you know, that, that gets people thinking that, huh, yeah. okay, well, um, yeah, maybe it is okay for me to take yeah. a break. Or even, you know, coming to the place of, okay, so how about we just set, because uh, it, it's a jump for some people. So Absolutely. Of- and some people truly are, they they need to be in you know they in, need for emergencies right for emergencies so with one client what we did is set some hours in the morning time right so when her family was asleep so she just had like about an hour just to check her yep. email that gave her a little bit peace of mind yeah and then the rest of the day she could um you know she she spent it with her family yeah but now it's actually come to a point where she's actually realized that a a lot of the emails that came through her assistant was able to handle quite fine and she also realized that a lot of her clients were on vacation at the base absolutely i think it is important if you put your out of office message and you say i have limited access to until this time then i always recommend sticking to that because one of the things that i i've heard is you know, if you set the set the boundaries, the and expectations, follow yeah. and the expectations, and people will follow yes. what you set. And yeah. so, if you go back and forth, then of course you're sending a different message. Well, and you you also bring another point that we want. You know, I think it's it's prudent to mention is that we are leaders, and our direct reports look to us to set the example. Yeah. yeah exactly. So how can we talk about work life harmony, work life balance to our Direct reports, right? <laughs> yeah. If we're not, you know, we're not, we're not walking the talk. So, yeah, I think that's great. So, 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 you know, aside from that, um, what, uh, any other contributing factors to leader burnout, you know, t- today that you've experienced uh, that come to mind? I think it's uncertainty. Um, mm. there's uncertainty. And, you yeah. know, I, as, as generally we like to con- ha- know what's coming. We like That's to have human that nature, con- right? That yeah. Control. And so I, I think just in general, especially post, you know, everything has just sort of been uncertain in a lot of yeah. industries, not knowing, um, should we hire? Should we restructure? Should we, you yeah. know, so as a leader, you know, everyone looks to you for answers. And so yeah. I think um, that's one of the internal struggles, actually. Yeah. That well, the, the case in point, you know, in terms of do we work full time now in the office or are we going to allow our place? And we see this waffling, right, with organizations like, 
okay, yeah, we're going to mandate everyone back in. And then we get a lot of pushback from our employees and they're going on strike and saying, we don't want to work in the, so all these issues, I mean, this is a really classic example of probably what's keeping executives up at night, right? And they have all these, you know, this real estate, what are we going to do with all this real estate if we're not fully occupying it? You know, it's costing us money. Yeah, yeah. it is a lot to, uh, to navigate all the yeah. complexities yeah. of today's So world. bringing it back to those we're coaching, they're coming to us because they're stressed. It's impacting their health and well-being, maybe impacting their digestion. They can't sleep. Um, they're feeling the tension in their back or wherever they feel that tension, right? Um, and importantly, it's impacting their uh, quality time with them. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, quality time with themselves, quality time with their loved ones. Mm -hmm. Talked about a few of the, the benefits, but how, you know, from your experience again, and I'll jump in and share a little bit of my experience, but how might an executive wellness coach really help support senior leaders and middle managers identify and mitigate their personal stress and stressors, some of which we we just shared? How do, how do you approach it or how do you even reach out to someone to introduce yourself as a coach and to maybe, you know, get them interested in engaging your services? Well, yeah, I think initially it's great to have, you know, that initial session, consultation, chat, you know, just to find out what are, how they're doing, actually, you know, and what are they, what are the current struggles? Um, that, that's what I found usually is just uh, uh, that initial conversation and hearing what is, what are they doing to take care of themselves? Yeah. And do you I, offer like a free consult initially for, you know, potentially new clients or? I do. I do because I do. What I found is that actually a lot of people don't know that there are um, services that we offer, you know, to help people manage their stress and prevent burnout. Yeah. And so um, I like to find out what's, you know, what are their current challenges and, offer and provide an, an overview of how I can help and support them. Yeah. And it may not just be stress. It may be they have other health issues, which, you know, is the um, chicken or egg, right? Which is contributing, for example, if they have digestive issues, that can be stressful, which could be compounding their stress on top of all the other stress stressors, right? Maybe yes. like, uh, maybe they have back issues, which is making them stressed and depressed. Um, or the work stress is creating other you know, symptoms and health issues in their body. And again, it can become a real cyclical um, experience for them as well, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, so to give an, a recent example, I had a, you know, an initial session with, uh, he's a CEO of a small company. And one of his challenges was, or at least one of his goals is just to feel more present with his family. And he just felt that he needed a little bit of guidance, trying to figure out how to, you know, start managing his well-being, his, his stress as well. But he just needed at least some some sort of guidance because he was used to always being on. And so the first step was, uh, so after that session, we took, um, I had him take the stress risk assessment. So that gave us a great starting point. And as you had mentioned in the beginning, it really does highlight, you know, clearly some areas that maybe, you know, some that are contributing or some red areas, if you will. Yeah, and sometimes the they're not even aware. They just do it are not aware. 
right? Exactly. We're so close to the situation of so ourselves personally. We're just not aware of what they are. Exactly. And then what I love about the stress risk assessment is the detailed report. Which Absolutely. That's great. Their, um, you know, if they're top risk of burning out. And so we started there. And then I, in our discussions, you know, found out what are his top priorities, you know, to, to start working on from that report mm. and started uh, then each week we would apply, you know, something that applies to him. I, I usually start with something small. Yes. Yeah. Get a uh, quick, quick you know, win. I call it, get a quick a, win. A quick yeah. win. Yeah. yeah. And uh, definitely meet this. So for example, if someone says, well, meditation is just not for me. That's absolutely fine. We can find, you know, there are lots of ways. Uh, so in this case, he, he was not into meditating but we were able to find other ways you know yeah. to help calm his mind so that's how I really love working one-on-one -on -one to actually help people understand that sure you can read about all these um try this try this try that but if it's not for you let's yep. find out what yeah. you know how or for example do. people have this misperception sometimes oftentimes about meditation meditation for me can be just putting the um, turning everything off and just taking three minutes to deep breathe. Yeah, yeah. Right. Guided walking meditation. Yeah. Even yeah. So there's yeah. so many. Um, it's not things. sitting in lotus pose right, for a half hour and chanting, right? Which yeah. sometimes that's it's what they do. But it's a, it's it's to uh, you know each person has. I uh, I just quickly I I watched a presentation one time and he was a meditation expert and he was called in to a senior leadership team. It was a cute story, and. They, you know, they were starting the session and uh, he was just dead quiet, maybe for like several minutes, which seemed like an eternity for the executives. It was just nothing was happening. It was just dead air. Um, and someone piped up. He said, well, when do we start? When are you going to start showing us how to meditate? And, <laughs> and he said, we started five minutes ago. Started five minutes ago. Yes, that is so interesting. Very, very interesting. It is very tough for people to sit in silence. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It and that's, is. that's sometimes that's all you need to do is just give yourself that five minutes to decompress and right? sit still and sit still <laughs> and just deep breathe. Yeah. Right. And deep breathe. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. 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 Any other benefits come to mind then of executive wellness coaching from your experience? You know, um, what maybe I, I've read some of your great profile, your reviews and endorsements, and we've got them on our executive wellness coaching page, as well as some of my own. What might come to mind of, of something that was shared with you, an endorsement or a praise in your help and support of an executive and their wellness or their burnout or stress? Yeah, well, thank you. I, I think the one that um, comes to mind is I was working with uh, an executive leader and he called me once on a Friday, a Friday afternoon, and he said, Ruby, I had a really, really tough day. So I said, oh, okay, well, tell me about it. <laughs> I yeah. was getting ready to, uh-oh, this is uh, probably a really stressful day for him. But then he said, no, but you're not going to believe us. I feel calm. Oh, I nice. don't, I'm not reacting the way I usually do. And he took out, because one of the things that I had recommended that he do is start taking frequent walks even when because his job was stressful regardless you know right. that was a given for him so we incorporated a morning walk uh one o'clock walk yeah 
for him to sort of do. And even I encourage him to, when he's faced with that work challenge where he, he knows, even if I respond right now, I'm probably not going to say the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make things work. Right. Yes, I encourage him to maybe take a breather, take a mm-hmm. walk, do something else and then come back when you're in a, you know, in a calmer state. So that's exactly what he did. He said, I took a walk, I came back and I felt calmer. And I, even my employees were like, oh, okay. So that was really, because it was only maybe we had been working together for about three weeks. And he said, I feel so much calmer. Even the way I responded, it's not as, you know, I don't feel as tense. And yes, I'm having a really challenging day, but I don't feel as overwhelmed as I usually do. Yeah. As and, and his wife even said that, yeah, he's uh, and we actually started working as and both of them would come to the sessions. Oh, together. nice! So, That's great. Yeah, I yeah. love that. I love that idea of bringing the spell. <laughs> yeah, we gotta leverage. Yeah. We gotta we gotta do more of that. I think. Um, as you're sharing that, you know, a couple of things came to mind. Um, one, I, I yeah, I don't think my husband will hear this, but I think he'd be okay me sharing. You know, he's a supervisor and he's got a lot of responsibility. And we were talking about you know doing performance reviews and that, and I said, you know one thing that might help is just to just do just do the breathing before you go into it but then also we were actually talking about this at lunch yesterday you know before you respond to something that may you know be triggering or whatever to you as a supervisor just do that three second pause just do three breaths it gives air time for you it gives air time for your direct report because it's so we're just such natural inclination, just want to jump in with a response, right? And sometimes it's not the best response, but also just taking that three seconds, just three deep breaths to let the person, the other person, you know, your your employee, um, think about what they said, but also compose your thoughts. So you're not being reactive in your response. You're really going to give them a well thought out response. And it also, when you're in a tense meeting, doing that throughout the call or throughout your one-on-one face-to-face, whatever, it just gives your body a chance to reset throughout and just reset those little stressful moments, right? So that's yeah. one thing that that's one thing that came to mind. Another thing um that came to mind, I was in Toastmasters years ago and uh, he was a brilliant speaker and experienced a uh, business owner and he was one of our participants in the club and he was giving a talk at his presentation. And he talked about it, you know, as a CEO, um, the stress and how it led to heart disease and, you know, contributed to it for sure. And he just, after having, I think, maybe a massive heart attack, whatever, he just came to this realization in life. He said, you know what? My thought process, my disposition, my way forward is that if it's not life and death, I am not going to let it stress me. Unless it's truly life and death, then yes, I will probably, you know, worry about it, right? And and maybe get a little stressed. That's normal. But he said, unless it's truly life or death, it's manageable, it's outable. I will handle it. I will deal with it. And he said just that that mindset shifted that, you know, that made such a shift for him. It was incredible. And, you know, and obviously it was powerful. I'm still talking about it. I remember it to this day, right? And then thirdly, um, the CEO I work with um, in this hospital contract, something that really helped him, and we worked on this, and I can't take all the credit here, but it was just something that really helped him was that, in the morning, we've often talked about, and we talk about maybe in coaching, I do, uh, the gratitude exercise, right? And I, I try and practice this, if not daily, certainly weekly, to when I wake up in the morning, before I put on my feet on the floor, I just, I'm a Christian, so I thank the Lord for, you know, everything that I've been blessed with, right? Um, you can thank the universe, whoever, right? Um, 
And for him, what even he took it a step further. He said, not only does he uh, think about what he's grateful for, he also reflects on what role he had to play. So it's taken the gratitude exercise a step further in really focusing on what role he had to play in each of those three things that he's grateful for. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Celebrating your yourself. In that yeah, too. and yeah. celebrating things that we would normally not even recognize, recognize or reflect on or give credit to, right? And that just further strengthens our resolve and our ability to, you know, tackle things or just to to help put life in perspective. Because sometimes it's senior leaders, we get on that, and I'm a CEO of a company, I know all about it, we get on that fast, busy treadmill of life, right? And it's sometimes like that hamster on the wheel, it's just hard to get off and just really sit back and, you know, as cliche as it is to smell the roses, right? <laughs> well, yes. And it goes back to that feeling of not doing enough or not being good enough. If you can take the time every day to reinforce that, you know, the wins, uh, sometimes we tend to look at what we're not doing. And Absolutely. We've t- been talking now about executive wellness coaching and what I'd like to highlight for our listeners or maybe HR or workplace wellness leaders who may be considering bringing in an executive wellness coach or bringing us in maybe to work with their senior leaders is the benefits, again, carrying on with the benefits, but really the the return on investment, the ROI of executive wellness coaching. And I came across some really interesting statistics that I wasn't even aware of. But for one, it said a third of all Fortune 500 companies actually utilize executive coaching, realize like a 500 to a 700% return for executive coaching. I thought that was really impressive. And that 53% of executives reported, you know, improved executive productivity, improvement, of course, in their organizational strengths, um, certainly gains in their organization's customer service, you know, coming top down from their leadership abilities, perhaps being strengthened through executive coaching and executive wellness coaching. Um, There's uh, organizations reported increased retention of executives, and even improved teamwork, improved peer-to-peer working relationships and great job satisfaction. And I want to come back to the peer-to-peer working relationships because I really saw that in the um, the group masterclasses we did in conjunction with the one-on-one coaching with this hospital contract. We just saw the team open up and even the team reported afterwards in the one-on-one coaching with us as coaches that they are being more transparent and open and vulnerable with each other. Because, you know, as senior leaders, sometimes we have that, sometimes we, it's hard to take that, that armor off, right? And be really vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. And it's true because uh, a lot of people feel that they're the only ones dealing with um, yeah. or that they that there's something wrong with them that they yeah. should be doing better. But yeah. Or is there the... The old saying that don't let them see you sweat, right? <laughs> you exactly, exactly. Well, and, and that's the thing with group uh, coaching and collaboration and communication is as humans, we like to be part of a community. Mm-hmm. And that we're social sense. human beings. Yeah, we're social exactly. beings, right? And so um, being allowing yourself to be human in the workplace, I, in other words, showing all sides of emotions, you know, whether it's uh, I'm stressed or... I need help or, you know, uh, let's support our well-being, you know, let's talk about mental health uh, because that's important. All of that works towards preventing burnout, um, understanding that, you know, we're all human and we all feel different feelings. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and just wrapping up here, if you were to make, let's just, for lack of a better word, a pitch, right, (laughs) to or a benefit statement 
to a leader or to an HR person uh, considering bringing in executive wellness coaches into their organization? You know, if you were to sum up some of the benefits, what might they be? Well, I mean, you know, when we think of uh, what we said earlier, we spend the first half of our life sacrificing our health, you know, how and the second half, you know, using that wealth to regain our health. Yeah. My question would be, you know, how are you taking care of your your yeah. health, whether it's, um, you know, in whatever capacity and even I would even encourage let's not wait until burnout happens yes let's take a proactive approach yeah crisis happens and as far as I think in today's world as leaders and as part of um you know team members of a leader who brings in people coaches to support mental health burnout prevention stress management well-being support I, I think that's uh, it, 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 I, to me it's a, it's a great quality for for leaders to show that we care about you. I yeah. care about your health. I care about my health, <laughs> so you should care about your health too. So I think, um, and I think it's necessary. Yeah. I think it's necessary. Well, you know, and and also from the ROI perspective, thank you for that. And just to add to it from an organizational perspective, because you I think we were referring then to you know a personal. Um, return on their health right but from an organizational i think um don't quote me i think i've quoted in the book around it was from a quote from another source but he said like it was a doctor who worked with coaches uh sorry it was a doctor who worked with executives and supporting their wellness and he said like if an executive gets sick or god forbid has a life altering um occurrence you know health wise it can be like a 7.5 on a richter scale for an organization right and it can totally throw them in a tailspin because you know we rely on our the health and well-being of our senior leadership so for example if an organization is questioning the investment and it's really peanuts compared to the return as we've demonstrated right uh investment in executive wellness coaching just think the the converse of that what you know what's the cost i mean can we afford not to be right and what's the impact and the potential costs yeah, on our organization really if we don't take a proactive i mean reactive i guess if an organization if an executive is not feeling well and they obviously need some support but really taking a more proactive approach and i think that's what i loved about working with that hospital contract um no one had any really specific health issues other than you know like many of us you know need to lose some weight and get in better shape and those things of course we we supported throughout the coaching process and the stress mastery aspect right um but yeah from an organizational perspective Let's 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 just really get in there and take a more proactive approach and, and support. So if we're supporting our employees and employee well-being programs, let's equally support our senior leadership. Yes, absolutely. And it is even, I mean, from a physical perspective, it is difficult coming back to work after a mm -hmm. health scare, but also from a a mental perspective. Too, yeah, psychological because, perspective for sure. Yeah, exactly. Just uh, just one last question and we'll conclude. What would you say for maybe even others coming from our into our programs um, as potential executive wellness coaches or considering becoming an executive wellness coach? What's the greatest joy you experience being an executive wellness coach? What really, you know, fills you up? Well, I think it's definitely working with 
leaders from different industries mm. you know i and just giving back and supporting them yeah. and yeah because i i've always felt leaders in particular are kind of forgotten in the in a way and so i just yeah, always, absolutely i've always felt that uh at least letting them know that uh it's okay to get support, you know, whatever that support is for you. And that it is, uh, it is necessary for you too. Cause yeah. sometimes we point at, Oh, leaders should do this. They should yeah. do that. But um, there is a person behind that title. And so. Yeah. And how anyway, would um, executive wellness coaching differ for you than say coaching others in the past who are maybe not at a, a senior leadership level? Do you find any distinct differences or benefits or joys or rewards in coaching that, that group of uh individuals yes well i i love coaching people from from any level but what i found with leaders again is really uh showing them that it is okay for them to to yeah. get support and to get help and yeah. also highlighting that there is support out there for, yes. for them not just from a you know we know uh whether it's for communication or what have you for specific leadership roles but there is also executive yeah. Uh, wellness and coaching, uh, stress management, prevention of burnout for yeah. leaders, for specific leaders, because the challenges are different. You know? They are. For me as well, uh, certainly as a president of a workplace wellness center of excellence and a provider of certification programs, you know, for one, I said, I, I, as I said, and you said, we, we definitely want to not neglect, we don't want to neglect the senior leadership teams or directors or whomever, and they, they need it, but also we can have such an impact by working through them. We can really impact the whole health, the culture of an organization, right? And if we can get, and, and case in point, again, this hospital team, and I talk about this in our book, in their profile of the, the case study of working with them, that, uh, and I don't know if we can necessarily take credit from this contract we had, but I think maybe through their appreciation of the the value of supporting um, you know, employees at all levels in the hospital that they were going to take, I think, some of their golf tournament proceeds and invest it, reinvest it back into their employee well-being program. You know, and I just thought that was wonderful. So the more we can do to inspire and shore up the health of our executives, get them vibrant and, you know, get their energy back and um, get them walking the talk, then, you know, I say that gives visible permission then let's just say we see our senior leaders strapping on their sneakers and going for a walk, right? During the lunch hour or taking those lead, taking their team out on a walking meeting or just going to the cafeteria and eating healthy meals, you know, eating visibly, you know, see them eating salads, right? Or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, but just taking, attending to their health and well-being, as opposed to some executives that I work with that literally, and I know I've experienced this because they're like, you know, coming to me as a coaching session in between meetings and like, oh, I got to eat this sandwich now because I don't literally do not have any downtime between meetings. So that's the first thing I work on with them. Okay, we, we need to create some more decompressing time for you, right? In between your meetings, you cannot, the human body cannot go from meeting to meeting to meeting from seven till seven at night, five to six days a week. It's just something's going to give, right? Yeah, there, there's an actual study about taking micro breaks, how yes. they are beneficial for our brain health. And so, so yeah. yeah, so imagine a leader saying when, you know, with maybe Wednesdays afternoons, no meetings, you know, yeah. that, yeah. uh, or taking specific breaks. But, but yes, overall, I think it, it definitely uh, improves 
the culture of the company uh, and also, of course, uh, the executive leaders as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Ruby. It's been a real joy and I knew it would be kicking off this series on executive well-being, stress mastery and burnout prevention with you. And I I hope certainly it'll be, um, you know, maybe one of of many and maybe we'll, the two of us will co-host and bring on maybe some executives or maybe even some clients who might want to come on and, you know, share their experience or others, um, you know, and the, the benefits and impacts and implications of supporting our organizations and supporting our leaders through executive wellness coaching or other topics relating to executive well-being. And so for the benefit of leaders who may be listening, we'll be launching our executive wellness and stress mastery coaching programs beginning in the fall of 2023. And so if you're interested in learning more and joining our interest list for these programs, certainly email us at info at workplacewellnesscoe.com. Or we may also have some links on our webpage, I believe, that you can click into and, and express your interest. And also you can learn more about our perspectives and support of executive wellness coaching via a really comprehensive section in our book that I've mentioned. Um, and our book is titled Cultivating Healthy and Vibrant Workplaces. And this section, I believe it's section five, is really dedicated, fully dedicated to executive well-being. And again, the impacts and how executives not only can take care of their own well-being, but how through their actions and different things they can do within their organization, support the well-being of their, their employees. And as I mentioned, we also feature that case study of that six-month hospital Uh, executive wellness coaching program that we facilitated. And during the pandemic, which still amazes me that a hospital with everything they were going through, they would reach out to us in a pandemic period, right, when they had so many demands on their time. But it just was so proactive that they realized that they needed to take care of themselves during a very demanding time. So I really kudos to them. And also, you know, to our listeners, you're also encouraged to check out other episodes of our podcast, because we certainly talk about other executive related um, topics or executive wellness topics, and certainly share them with your networks, right? And so uh, anything, any final concluding words, Ruby, anything you want to say? Well, this has been great, Lisa. As always, thank you for having me. And I look forward to supporting with you, supporting our yeah. executive leaders in the fall. Yeah, and I assume if anyone wanted to reach out to you, they maybe uh, LinkedIn, Ruby uh, McCooney. Ruby McCooney, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's the best place. Yeah, okay. So again, thank you very much for listening in. And until we meet up again, please stay well. And as I like to say, keep on keeping it real. Bye for now.